Well, some of you have enjoyed the adventure of Caleb and David. I'm glad to hear that. And we're going to kind of continue on with that, but with another story. But this time there, it's eight years now that have passed. And this particular adventure is called The Lost City of Light. So gather around. Let me tell you about The Lost City of Light. David is working in the garage on his blower. And he is getting so frustrated as Caleb comes in and he says, hey, buddy, how's, how's it going? Is it, is it done yet? Is it fixed? And David says, I'm so frustrated with this blower. I don't know if I can get it fixed. And, and, and Caleb says, David, you're like the best. I mean, you are so good with your hands. You fix everything. I've not seen one thing you haven't fixed yet. And David said, well, then this might be the first. This is so frustrating for me. And I tell you what, how about if we just buy a new blower? And Caleb says, David, I mean, that may sound like a great idea, but we have taken as much as we can from our lawn business, and we're putting it into this missions trip that we're going to go off in like a month or so, and we need to do everything we can to save money. So how about if you just try and fix the blower? And Caleb and David says, I mean, can't, can't we just buy a blower just this one time? And Caleb says, look, you're really good with fixing blowers. I'm really good with the numbers and the finances. And I'm looking at it and I'm saying we can't do it. But I tell you what, how about if I help you? And David looked up at him and he said, just remember, I'm good at fixing things and you're good at finances and we'll leave it at that. But thank you anyway. And Caleb says, well, you look, you got about 30 minutes because mom says that dinner is almost ready. And by the way, I, I kind of forgot to mention to you, but Lizzie is wanting to go on this missions trip with us too. She's already raised the money. And, and David says, are you serious? She's only 16, and she's a girl. The Congo is no place for a girl. And Caleb looked at him and said, really? You should tell that to the girls in the Congo. <laughs> and he said, okay, okay. And Caleb says, look, I know she's young, but she is really smart, David. And she's actually, this past year, I don't know if you know this, but she's been learning the Lingala language. And I tell you what, when we get there and we're trying to minister to those kids in the orphanage and the children's hospital, if any of them don't know English, she is going to be such a great help. So I think we should take her. And David kind of just said, okay, I see your point. That's fine. Now, about a month later, boys and girls, I want you to know they took off for their missions trip. And their goal was to go to the eastern part of the Congo. Here, remember, as I showed you last week, this is, this is the United States. This is North America. That's a big continent. And just south of it is, guess what? You guessed it, South America, way down here. Now, across the ocean, watch this now, we see an even bigger continent. That's what these are called. Big land masses are called continents. And right in the middle is a country called the Congo. And on the eastern side... Part of it is volcanoes. Part of it is the jungle. This is where they're going to be able to minister to an orphanage that they have funded with all 
all of that fortune that they discovered. Remember all of that fortune, boys and girls? Yeah, it was like a lot of money. And they're funding orphanages and actually 10 of them and children's hospitals. And they were good to the challenge that great-great-grandpa gave to them to use it for God's glory. Now, when they landed, they immediately started ministering in the in the orphanage and the children's ministry, and they did some really cool creative type of stuff like skits based on the adventure of Caleb and David and teaching Bible. Yeah, they did that too. And <clears throat> and then they went to the children's hospital, and they're, they're sharing personal testimonies because many of them already know English, but some of them don't. They know, they, many of them speak Lingala. And so they come to one particular boy who's 12 years old, and this boy asks for a prayer. He asks for prayer, and they. And after a while of talking with him, he, he shares this prayer need, and he says, "You know what? I'm supposed to be released today, but my parents didn't show up. As a matter of fact, they come to the hospital since I've been here every single day, and this is the third day, and they still haven't come by to pick me up. My actually, I talked to my uncle, and he's going to be picking up, picking me up in just a few minutes." And can you just pray that God would help my parents wherever they are and whatever's happened? I'm just really concerned that something bad has happened to them. So they prayed for him. And when he was done, his uncle came to be able to check him out of the hospital. And, and, he, and his name is Lenz. And Lenz turned to Caleb and David and Lizzie. And he said, would you mind going with me to my home because my uncle needs to now go to the, he just got off work and he needs to go to the police and do some stuff about a, he said a police report. Would you be able to go with me to my home? And so of course they agreed. This is like an adventure. They'll, they love this. And so they actually drove Lenz to his home. And Lenz, as, he, as they arrived, saw only one vehicle in front of their house. And he was very concerned. One, apparently they took the vehicle. This means they're not home. So they went inside. They checked around downstairs. No sign of mom and dad. Now, while Lenz went upstairs to check to see if maybe they were upstairs and something bad had happened to him, like an accident, Lizzie turned to Caleb and said, well, Caleb actually asked her, so what do you think of the Congo? Isn't this exciting? And she said, well, to be honest with you, it's really it's really different here. I mean, I'm not used to the food, and so that's really different. And, and the people look really different than me. And honestly, I feel really uncomfortable with all those guys dressed in the uniforms with the machine guns, and you know what? I, I feel scared. And Caleb said, to be honest with you, they're there to help you feel safe, but the people in the Congo are different. But that doesn't mean that that's bad. Different can also be very good. As they wrapped up that little discussion, Lenz came down and he said, guys, listen, I went upstairs and it looks as if my mom and dad had packed. I see some you know, suitcases left around. They took the small suitcase. So I'm concerned that they went somewhere and something's happened. So, they, so Len said, follow me into my study, and maybe we can find out some clues, something in the study that will tell us where they are. Boys and girls, where do you think they are? 
You think something bad has happened to them? Or maybe they're just stuck on the side of the road with their vehicle and can't get out. So as they went into the study, they kind of spread out, checking things here and there. And, and Lizzie said, hey, look, I, here's their calendar at their desk here. And it's, they've got two days circled just this past week. And it says here, the Virunga jungle, the Virunga National Park. And Len said, yeah, that's, that's where they have been exploring. See, my mom and my dad are teachers at the, close, at the nearby university. My dad is an anthropologist, which means he studies really old things and many times has to dig them up to find them. And my mom, well, she's an anthropologist. That means she studies people in their culture. And David kind of looked at Caleb and said, why is he telling this when we already know this? And Caleb was like, you know, let's just follow along. And so Caleb said, what, what is this map with all the circles? There's like one, two, three, there's six circles on here. And Len said, my parents over the last year have come across some information about this, some, something like a legend of the lost city of light. And in their place where they're really good at studying, they think that they may know where it is. And the, I've been in, I've looked at this map only one time and all of these circles are where they are looking for and four of them have X's in them. And so Caleb said, well, what about this one right here? There's not, no X in it. It's in the Virunga, um, the, 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 the Virunga National Park. And Len said, that's where they took me only one time. It's a place where there are some volcanoes, and they think that that is where this lost city is, and maybe they're going to dig it up. I don't know, but that's where they think it is. And Caleb said, well, what about this one way over here in the jungle? And there's a question mark. And Len said, I I'll be honest with you. I don't know too much about that, except that there it, only dirt roads go off into there, and people just don't go back in there. That is very unexplored, and it's a little far away. That's why there's a question mark. They just don't know. And Lizzie piped up, and she said, you know what? I'm seeing a couple of articles on your parents' desk here, and they're clipped out. And the best I can tell, it's, it's something about a militia in the Virunga National Park. Do you know anything about this, Lens? And Lens said, as my parents have been investigating and researching this legend of the lost city of light, there, there's been some other, they're, they're really bad people and they formed a militia and they're wanting to find it too. And I don't know why they would be so interested in some buried city like my parents would be. But did you say that they had been at the Virunga National Park? And he said, yeah. I, mean, I don't know if there's a base there, but they've been reportedly in that area. And Len said, guys, I'm really worried. I think this is where my parents went. And I'm afraid that something bad has happened. And we need to find them. Boys and girls, what do you think's happening? 
Can you imagine if you were Lenz and only 12 years of age and you hadn't seen your parents and they went on some trip and didn't come back? Lenz is scared. You think the car just broke down or do you think that there's more involved than that? And just maybe they're in danger. And maybe this lost city of light is a little bit more important than his parents realize. To find some of the answers to those questions, we're going to have to tune in next week. I hope you stay with us. But I want to ask you this. What do you think if God created everything the same? Let's say you walked outside and all the flowers were the same color and the same size. Boring, right? Oh, my goodness. What if all your pets were the same, the same size, like the size of a hamster. Hamster's about this big, and he's got a long tail. All of them are the size of hamsters. Can you imagine petting your cat the size of a hamster, or petting your dog the size of a hamster? What if all of the ants in your backyard were the size of hamsters? Can you imagine how big that anthill would be? <laughs> but God created variety, and some animals are big, and pets are big, and but some pets are very small. And some people actually do have ant colonies for pets. I don't get it. But wouldn't it be boring? Wouldn't it be really strange if God created everything the same? Or how about foods? How about if everything you tasted tasted like chicken? What about your favorite vegetable? I love stringed beans and I love carrots. But what if when you ate them, they tasted like chicken? Or how about your cereal? I love golden grams. I love that cereal. But what if it tasted like chicken? What if your favorite dessert? I love Rocky Road ice cream, but I would hate it if it tasted like chicken. <laughs> or what if you reached for your orange juice this morning and you started drinking and guess what it tasted like? Wouldn't that be terrible? God created his world with so much variety. That means difference. Because God is a creative God, but he's also a beautiful God. And he created everything different. He created foods and animals and human beings different because he's a beautiful God and he's a creative God. You know, Mark 16, 15 says, go and preach the gospel to all creation. You know, if God just had a special people, he would have only sent them to that people to preach the gospel. But my Bible says God told them to go to all nations to make disciples, regardless of their skin color, what their faces looked like, if they were short or tall, if they were young or old. God said, go into all the world and tell them about Jesus. He did that because God created them different and God loves them, every one of them the same. And God created you so that you didn't look like your brother or your sister. Aren't you glad about that? But he created you different. Now listen here, because he has a very special purpose for your life that's different than your brother and different than your sister or mom and dad. God created you different. He created you special for his unique purpose for you. Can you imagine if we all looked alike 
I would have hated to have married a woman that looked like me. I am so glad that she is different. See, difference is beautiful. I think so. Boys and girls, I look forward to seeing you next week, live stream, very soon here to continue our story about the lost city of light. God bless you.